0: I think what's exciting and scared about business is the same thing. If we roll the clock back 20 or 30 years, I think business was simpler. These days, uh, the worlds of business and science are colliding. Social issues that seem to be the province of governments, governments uh, are now as much the concerns of business. Um, society no longer gives business a free pass. And as a result, I think it's much, much more complicated to do business these days than ever were before not having enough work,
1: climate change, blended finance, AI, Uh, shortages of fresh water, energy transition, large-scale social disorder, antibiotic-resistant diseases, education, deployment of private capital for social goods, quantum computing. Hello and welcome to the Future of Business podcast from Saeed Business School. I'm Emily Barron and each week I host a conversation on a topic that will define the future of business and wider society, speaking to experts from Oxford University, leading business people and entrepreneurs. Oxford University is over 900 years old. Within that sits the Saïd Business School, founded a little over 20 years ago. Overseeing it all is Dean Peter Tufano, an accomplished academic and social entrepreneur in his own right, but now responsible for steering SBS from these most ancient walls into the future. We talk about how he moderates between business and academia, and what's in store for business schools of the future. Thank you very much for this conversation this morning. We are, as you know, setting up this podcast and have been exploring all different facets of what we've termed the future of business. And one of the things I always think is really interesting about your job is that you have this window into both worlds, both the kind of the world of business and the world of academia. And so I wanted to start by asking you, when you're having those conversations, what is it about the future that's exciting and what is it that's kind of scary?
0: I think what's exciting and scared about business is the same thing. Uh, if we roll the clock back 20 or 30 years, I think business was simpler. You could study business and stay within the narrow confines of that world. Uh, these days, from what I can tell, uh, the world's of business and science are colliding. Science and engineering and technology, I should say. Um, the world of business and the world of government are completely colliding. Um, social issues that seem to be the province of governance, governments, governments uh, are now as much the concerns of business. Um, society has not has no longer gives business a free pass, and as a result, I think it's much much more complicated to do business these days than ever before. At the same time, that creates amazing opportunities for businesses. Uh, and in my mind that's you know the threat and the opportunity at the same time is what creates tremendous excitement for right. this generation of business women and businessmen
1: and when you sort of talk to your faculty and when you talk to kind of people who are maybe on the global leadership council or the other the boards we have here do you think they are seeing those collisions in the same way is there a kind of alignment between those two different viewpoints
0: our Global Leadership Council is made up of CEOs and chairs of some of the most important organizations in the world. Uh, if anything, they see that complicated notion of business even more clearly than I do. For example, one of the members of our Global Leadership Council is one of the co-founders of BlackRock. Uh, Larry Fink, who, another co-founder of BlackRock, has been quite clear that business has, and in this case investment management, has responsibilities far beyond the search for alpha, the search for returns. Uh, In other parts of our Business Advisory Council, we have people who are running uh, energy firms, financial service firms, and I think to one, they recognize that the world of business is is extraordinarily exciting, um, but much more complicated than ever before. You need only pick up the Financial Times, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Times of London, pick your paper, and it's hard to not see an example of how it is that the real world, or the, the, the world outside business and the world inside business are colliding.
1: We're sitting here in Oxford, which lots of people from the outside might think of as one of the kind of most traditionalist, you know, all of the kind of normal cliches about a 850 year old institution <laughs> <laughs> abound. Why is it that Oxford is so good at having these conversations and so good at looking forward?
0: So my thesis has been up to this point that business is getting more complicated and therefore we need to go beyond the boundaries of business um, our model of this business school is a business school embedded in a university and that's not an accident and it's also not just because we happen to be here but rather because i think that given the challenges that and opportunities that business faces it's really useful and really helpful and it, in fact beyond that, essential for us to work with people from around f- from other disciplines and other ways of thinking in order to advance business. So then why Oxford? Uh, It's quite simple. We have the world's number one university um, and it's not only a ranking, it's also a reality. Uh, We have amazing colleagues around the university who study engineering and who study science and medicine, but also some of the best humanity scholars in the world who think about the really questions as fundamental as the nature of of humanity um, and what it means to have a good life. Uh, as well as great social scientists, by tapping into their expertise and working with them, sometimes being challenged by them, we can do the work that we do better. Uh, That has been, uh, over my seven years as dean, really the one guiding principle that I've tried to bring to the school, that we work better when we work together. Um, And in this particular environment, it's ever more true.
1: And that's one of the really special things about being part of a college here is you have this kind of very simple, you sit around a table and the person on your left is an expert in 9th century Japanese poetry and the person on your right is expert in constitutional law and then you have a really interesting conversation about Brexit as a result. <laughs> or, you know, as a, yeah, one one dinner I went to. The other thing I wanted to ask you was one of the things that has been apparent during the MBA is we have amazing professors who've really thought very deeply about why things work the way they do and should they work differently. And then we have these discussions with classmates about, well, how does it actually work in the real world and and that kind of tension. And as you think about maybe the next five years, how is that kind of tension going to be resolved? What are business school conversations going to look like in the future, do you think?
0: So business schools have to be both theoretical and applied, or let's not say theoretical. Um, but they have to be idea-led and applied at the same time. What that means is that either there are remarkable people that have tremendous breadth or you create a community of remarkable people um, who collectively have tremendous breadth. And If I think about the business school as it exists and the business school as it will evolve over the next um, many years, uh, it is assembling that portfolio of amazing people with different business skills. And different academic skills who can complement each other. Uh, so, in particular, um, if you're running a business, you tend to know that business extraordinarily well. Sometimes you don't get a chance to lift up your head and understand how other businesses work or how bigger phenomena and systems work. If you're an academic, sometimes you can be somewhat distant from the business world. Um, But what you can get is a sense of perspective. Mm. If you put those two things together, amazing things can happen. Um, And without putting them together, sometimes you either live in a world of one ad hoc uh, statement after the other, or generalizations that need to be grounded more in fact. Um, So what we're doing at the Business schools is is quite simple. Uh, It's a collection of activities, um, which you'll see, for example, are research activities that specifically link Businesses with our academics, for example, our future marketing initiative uh, by Andrew Stephen uh, is one that was created in the last year, and it has currently, I believe, nine different corporate partners mm-hmm. working with us, where they're suggesting interesting topics that we are working on uh, and uh, and sharing our results with and getting feedback and and very much connecting the work that we do here with the questions that they find to be important in marketing. Or what you'd see is uh, we've just hired a number of fellow, senior fellows and professors of management. These are people primarily with management backgrounds but also an understanding of academia. Uh, They have already um, and will in the future do even more in order to integrate the two worlds. Um, In addition we have a number of faculty members who specifically have a tremendous expertise in in, uh, in the business world through their work with other governments or businesses directly. For example, I sit on a number of boards. Um, There's nothing like a board meeting to remind you about what real managers have to deal with Uh, even though you're in a position of being an overseer, you know, doing oversight as opposed to managing day-to-day. You can't help but understand the challenges that they're facing. Um, Speakers. uh, uh, We have, we're extraordinarily blessed to have some amazing speakers Just in the last seven days, we had the finance minister of Nigeria. Today, we have the CEO of British Air. And uh, on Monday, we had the CEO of one of China's fastest growing retail firms, JD.com. That's just in one week. Um,
1: Yeah, we've been very lucky to be able to kind of invite some of those people onto the podcast, which has been fantastic.
0: Um, And having them come through the school um, makes the connection. And then finally, all of you. your class is not made up of academics, your class is made up of young people with on average in the MBA class five years of experience, or an executive MBA class fifteen years of experience, and you bring into the school your broad and varied experiences. Um, and so the collection of all of that I think leads to a situation where we can stay really grounded in business but also have the distance to step back and say mm. how does this all make sense? Um, are we seeing patterns here? Um, is, Is it possible to make things better, both at the organization level and at the system level?
1: Thank you for listening to the Oxford Future of Business podcast presented by Saeed Business School. Next week, I'm in conversation with Professor Jonathan Trevor and Google's Chief Economist, Hal Varian, discussing the future of work. Please subscribe on iTunes. And if you want to find out more about what we discussed today, you can follow the link in the description. As well as our guests, we would also like to thank the people who've helped us bring this podcast to life from behind the scenes. Our EP advisor, Tim Galpin, the SPS marketing team, especially Andrew Stevens, Joe Fawkes, Megan Greig, Sandra Parrott, Stuart Jago and the SPS Careers team, the SPS AV team, Peter from University Podcasts and the rest of the administration for their support. We'd also like to thank Colton of The Back Pew Podcast and Cheryl Brumley of The Economist for their timely advice. Simon Svedlov for the music, Sandy, Luke, Tiffany, Doris, Jessica, Kevin, Alex, Melina and Sakina who let us bounce early drafts off them. This would not have been possible without all of their help and we are extremely grateful.